you know, one of the things business owners make the mistakes of is they don't ask for the review. So part of the reason we have reviews is because we ask. And that's a really key piece of getting them. Um, the other pieces, you know, we really, like I said, it, it may sound cliche, but we really do care and we really want them to have a good experience. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Today we are going to discuss more about women entrepreneurs who can achieve great results. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Anatoly. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, big pleasure. I want to learn more about that. I love women entrepreneurs. I cooperate with many of them. I know most of them are creative. I love it. It's not like to cooperate with uh, men, but I don't divide women, men. For me, it doesn't matter. For me, it's more important to have skills. If you have skills, we can cooperate. But I found a big difference. Women can provide more accurate results and they can clean all errors and uh, are so creative. I love it. Lisa, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, I think, you know, any entrepreneur, you know, male or female um, or non-binary, um, you know, a huge piece of it actually is courage too. You just have to you're going to take risks and you you have to be able to be persistent and and have be bold and be courageous and and go out there and it, it can be scary but it's you know it's worth it in the end if you're going after your dreams and you know setting a good example for those around you can you tell about moms you know i love my mom my mm-hmm. wife is mom and i know it's hard when you have kids when you need pay attention to them to take them to school to the doctor i don't know to my, my, many things but you need to earn money as well you need to uh, go ahead it's not like to think only about the family uh, it's more about how you can create your career can you tell what to do it i mean like for uh women who uh, have kids but they want to build their yeah, actually, so I oh. I started I started my career um, in HR, and I was in high tech. I live in the Bay Area in California, and so I was in high tech and on a rapidly um, uh, on a you know on a rapidly growing career path. And then when I did have my kids, things changed for my company. In fact, my boss, who was a VP of HR, was a woman, and she came in and said, "Lisa, I, it's just a shame your priorities have changed." And I was shocked. I said, my priorities haven't changed. My family has always come first. I just now have to leave by six o'clock for my son's daycare. And so it really changed a lot about how I felt about the co- the company. And um, so eventually I actually decided to stay home with the kids. I was lucky enough to be able to do that for a little bit. And that's what led me into being an entrepreneur. And part of that, um, part of the entrepreneur, you know, I'm, I have a home office. So I was able to take my daughter to her soccer games and pick them up from school when needed. Um, you know, the remote piece is, is a huge advantage. But also, I feel like one of the things that's been most important for my kids to see is that uh, you know, I, I had an idea, it became a dream and I'm going after it. And so, you know, succeed or fail, my kids are going to see me trying to achieve that dream. And I feel like that's setting an example, regardless of what the outcome can be. So I feel like as a mom, that's the best thing I can do for them. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Lisa, I love it. Love it. Because you can, uh, pay attention to your 
kid, a daughter, <laughs> and to handle your business. And can you tell about discipline, uh, about consistency? Because I know it's important to be consistent. If you do anything, doesn't matter, man, women, but you need to be consistent. But if you need to take your daughter to soccer, to school <laughs> you have no time to be consistent or can you can find a lot of excuses why you can't do it today so any tips how you can create this discipline sure sure i i live and die by my calendar everything is scheduled on my calendar it's color coded i have i'm a list person and so what i do is i just block that time off on my calendar for when i have to pick her up from school or if she has a soccer game i need to go see on a thursday at four o'clock i just block it on my calendar and so people can't make meetings with me at that time and it's a really easy way to manage our personal um you know our, our personal responsibilities with our work responsibilities is just to have you know have that calendar blocked and let people know that you're not available at that period of time and people are a lot many many people whether they're parents or not are dealing with something, their personal life, right? Whether it's they need to go to the doctor or um, you know, elder care or whatever it is. And so we all have something. And so I think just working together and there's a time we can find that doesn't that can be a work time, that doesn't have to be a personal time. So but yeah, that's what I do. And and I go to the gym every day as well. And I block that on my calendar. It's it's a it's a meeting, right? Because my my health my mental and physical wellness is dependent on me going to the gym. And so I prioritize that and I'm a better, I run this company better because I work out and because I take care of myself. So it's, it's very, very important to put ourselves and our family, um, you know, in priority over, over our job. Right. That's my opinion, at least. Awesome. Awesome. Impressive. Love it. Love it. If you can find time for gym, for kids, for business. Yeah, it's great. Great. And Lisa, I want to, ask about patience i know it takes time to achieve anything and uh, for example uh, some of my projects uh, took years a lot of years to get the first meaningful results and i even failed with some projects uh, i invested a lot of money resources hired a big team and failed uh, quit <laughs> uh, the, uh, i i'm against never give up because if you uh, are not happy uh, with uh, any project and I made these mistakes, I chased money uh, and uh, I remember when I decided to start one project because uh, I got the feeling to fill the gap in the market. So we did it, we had a big team, uh, spent three years, a lot of resources, uh, but at that time I hated Monday, I love Friday and I got it. I can't go ahead like this. So uh, I think if you made wrong choice, that's okay if you quit. Uh, uh you can find something else tell about patience uh can you tell how you can be patient a few years without results because i often see such companies who can't achieve results for a few years yeah especially um i you know i bootstrapped my company i've built it i had an idea and i built it from the ground up and actually in kind of the target audience the goal of it has really morphed over the years and so that's where the i think definitely being patient, but we also have to earn a salary. And so figuring out how that's going to work as the company is growing. I know a lot of entrepreneurs that they, you know, they start their company as a side hustle. So until they can grow it and they're still doing this job, which is double the work, but you know, there's, there's different ways to do it. Um, I think as well with patience is, is trying, like I, I joke, I run the company by trial and error, but I think part of that is like what you were saying is recognizing when you, when you've made, 
an error or a mistake or something is like recognizing it very quickly and rectifying it as quickly as possible so that you can get back on the right path. And so while you need to be patient, I feel like you also need to react pretty quickly um, or be analytical in, in your processes to see that this this may or may not work a year or two from now, you know, have those have the KPIs in place in order to um, to be able to make that decision that an, an educated decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. And one more thing, I think you need to love what you do because I, I yes. failed with my business because I hate it. <laughs> I didn't love <laughs> and 70% of people hate their jobs. It's a lot. Guys, find what you love. It doesn't matter what kind of money you can get. Forget about money. Uh, for example, I love playing basketball. I don't expect when someone will pay money for my hobby. People watch TV six hours a day. <laughs> they don't get money. They, people pay money to watch TV. So if you love what you do, you can be patient. Uh, and uh, nobody can stop you if you love it. Just go ahead step by step. And can you tell about... Uh, ideas how to stand out from the rest uh, especially if you're talking about women um, they need to compete with men who have more time you know uh, in their projects but how they can stand out from the rest uh, i know from my personal experience women are more creative and i like that uh, about their i don't know attention uh, less errors when i cooperate with women i love it so tell your tips about that <laughs> You know, it, for people looking to start companies or entrepreneurs, I one of the pieces of advice I always give is, you know, everybody says to identify your ideal customer, right? And so most people have an idea of who they're going to sell to, but my, I like you have to take it to that next step of how are you going to sell them? How are you going to identify? Like you've got the customer, how are you going to sell to them? There's a billion websites out there. You think that popping your website up and people are going to come to it, that's not going to happen. And so where are you going to find them? How are you going to stand out from everybody else out there? And I think that's that, you know, creativity can definitely be used for that. I, I started my company by going to trade shows, by conferences. And, you know, I would get, I'd walk away with one or 200 leads at a time. And so that was a huge building block for me instead of one lead at a time or instead of sitting in my office cold calling. And so that was something I identified, but it's always something I encourage for new entrepreneurs is really, really figure out how, how are you going to get those customers? That's the only way you're going to grow and that's the only way sales are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. And can you tell how you got a lot of leads in conferences? <laughs> so you speak with everyone that you can meet there or any other secrets? <laughs> you know, I think part of it is that I, you know, I, I sell custom socks and so there's a bunch of socks everywhere in my booth. Like I have them laid out on the table and I have mannequin legs. And I think people walk up and they're like, what is this? I think curiosity is a piece of it, but a lot of, I mean, socks are like the most popular selling apparel item. People really love them. And so I think there's an interest there by having a fun product. At conferences, I never do like the spinny wheels or the games or anything because I, I want quality over quantity. I don't want to walk out with 500 names just because they wanted a free t-shirt, right? I want to walk out with 150 names of people who could actually turn into customers after I follow up with them. So um, also too, I just I just feel like standing and, and you know having a smile on your face and going to a larger conference too. I go to conferences where there's you know one to 3,000 plus attendees and that helps when you get the numbers, right? You're going to see a lot more people and um, yeah, and just have something that's 
something that's interesting with your booth, you know, I, um, a big piece of advice is not to have the table right in front of the booth, have it off to the side so people can come in and it feels welcoming and they can have a conversation with you. So there's a lot of good tips out there for conferences and, and making an impression. Nice. Awesome. And you know, I like your energy. Uh, and, uh, I have a bunch of questions about the business, but I want to ask about your energy. You, you mentioned that you visit gym <laughs> and can you tell other resources that can help you be energetic? Like I can see you right now. I get this energy. I think my audience can get this energy as well and tell how to stay energetic positive and have fun in your job yeah well i mean and part of the reason i'm energetic is i'm excited to be here this is a great opportunity <laughs> i really appreciate it so you know um i for me really going to the gym is a huge piece of it getting enough sleep eating right um you know all those things play into my health and then taking some time off like i i specifically take like i i didn't work yesterday at all and i worked just a little bit on saturday like getting that break so that when you do come back to it you're ready and you feel refreshed and making sure that you build time in to get get your personal things done as well and spend time with your favorite people you know whether they be your dogs or <laughs> or friends or family right make sure you spend you have that time and i feel like if you can you know set, establish a, a balance then you'll be more motivated and happier um, when you are having to work because you know that you know it's time well you can be happier because you you were able to do those other things to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. Awesome. Can you tell what happiness means for you? Uh, what kind of feeling you have when you are happy? I I went on a vacation recently. We um, I'd always wanted to go to Alaska, and so we took a cruise to Alaska, and it was beautiful. And I felt pure happiness there, partly because it was just so beautiful, but also because it was just we weren't stressed out. We were just, it was fun, right? And so I think for me, happy, a lot of happiness has to do with fun. Um, I like to have fun. And and I think being able to control the stress level as an entrepreneur, we're under a lot of stress. And, and with each person I hire, it's more payroll that I'm responsible for and adds a little more stress. And so um, being able, happiness is like knowing the bills are going to be paid, <laughs> knowing that I'm going to pay payroll. But no, seriously, like I think just, you know, taking those moments for ourselves and, and I, you know, taking a vacation and, and um, being awesome. rested. Lisa, I want to ask about challenges. Uh, you share a lot of tips that, you know, when I can listen to you, I, I see that everything uh, looks good. But I know in any business we have challenges, a lot of challenges, pitfalls. So tell your biggest challenges that you met and how you uh, usually find strength to overcome them. <laughs> Sure. I mean, for me, the, the pandemic was the biggest challenge I've had to overcome in the business. I think so many people can say that, but I sell custom socks. And when nobody could leave their house because they were afraid to go outside, socks are not exactly on people's list. So thankfully, I adapted quickly and started selling customized face masks. And so that was what kept the doors open and ended up being over 30% of my sales in 2020. And it kept my doors open, kept me afloat so that when we started to come out of the pandemic, um, I could focus back on socks, but I still sold the masks for a few years. So that was definitely a huge challenge. I honestly think one of my biggest obstacles is coming because I need to, I think I'm going to need to explore funding in order to grow the business where I want it to be. And the current statistic in the United States, at least, is that of 
100% of the funding that's granted, less than 2% goes to women-owned businesses. And so it's this huge uphill battle that I'm going to have to do. But if I want to grow my company, that needs to be a key piece of it. So I'm I'm preparing. I'm getting ready for the, the next obstacle to come. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, I can hear your dogs. You know, my dogs Sorry. usually uh, you know, my dogs usually take part on my podcast, but they don't know <laughs> where they're silent right now. <laughs> they're two rooms away, so I apologize that you heard it. Ah, no, 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 no worries. You know, it, it shows it's live conversation, <laughs> so people love it. And uh, Lisa, I want to ask uh, how you stand out from the rest. Uh, you have socks. But I can go to Marshall to buy socks. I can uh, order them on Amazon, on many places. But why uh, customers prefer your socks than just take them at any shop? Yeah. So one of the differences is when you order on Amazon or, or Marshall's, you have to choose what they've already done for you. So what we do is we customize the socks specifically for our customers. Now, this is going to be a bulk order. It's not going to be a one order, but we work with you know, with corporations, with nonprofits, schools, sports, bands, really, you name it. We even did socks for a rocket launch earlier this year. So we can make them for anything. And so we, I have a graphic designer on staff that will design the socks specifically for our customers. So that is definitely one way it's unique as we take their branding and their ideas and, and we create the sock for them. I think the other thing that sets us apart is our, our customer service, our personal touch. Um, you, we, you don't work with bots when you work with us, you work with actual humans and we actually care because we wanna make sure our customers have a good experience. And so we're responsive and um, we're kind and we want to just make sure everybody walks away with a good experience when they've worked with us. And so far, I'm going to knock on wood, um, we have a 100% five-star Google rating as a result of that. And so that's really, really, and we have over 100, I think 110 reviews. So it's a really important piece of something as a small business that we can compete with the big boys is we'll treat mm -hmm. you well. And, and we actually, we, you know, we care. We want you to have a good experience. We want your socks to be very successful for you. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, love it. Uh, you know, when you have five star re reviews, yeah, it, it means a lot. <laughs> and uh, most customers check reviews. Uh, I don't remember exactly the number, like 95% of customers read reviews before buying anything. Can you tell how you can make like, your customers happy <laughs> you know, to buy your sock? Because uh, even a tiny percent of customers can be unsatisfied, you know, because of anything. I don't know, because of uh, bad weather today. So <laughs> tell why you have five star reviews? <laughs> uh, you know, part of it, uh, a part of the, you know, one of the things business owners make the mistakes of is they don't ask for the review. So part of the reason we have reviews is because we ask. And that's a really key piece of getting them. Um, the other piece is, you know, we really, like I said, it, it may sound cliche, but we really do care. And we really want them to have a good experience. And that I think shows through in the interactions that we have with them. Um, and then we also offer a quality product. So we have a lot of checks and balances in place to make sure that when they open their box of socks, socks it's exactly what they were expecting and they can be happy with it. We have, you know, the a lot of the times they haven't felt it and the quality is high. And so they're really, really happy, not only with the design, but the quality, they're long lasting. And if they're selling it, we um, a lot of our customers use them as a fundraiser. And so if they're selling it, then their customers can be happy as well and they won't get complaints. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Listen, I see your t-shirt. I have my t-shirt. But if you're talking about socks, in most cases, people hide socks, <laughs> you know, because of shoes. So tell why brands need to buy socks because uh, if employees or anybody else can hide them. 
Yeah, so there's two things. I think some people, they definitely wear them with shorts and and sometimes sandals, which is, you know, up to you if you want to do that. But, uh, but you know, you can definitely see them when, but if you are wearing long pants, uh, we get a lot of customers that they have to dress a certain way um, for their job, right? You have to wear a suit or you have to wear, you know, your business clothing. And with having their, being able to, um, their socks are a way to express their personality so they can have you know, a monkey with bananas on their socks underneath their suit, and they can have that piece of their personality as well. So we found a lot of people that that's why they love socks is because they can wear whatever they want because you can't see it because they know, and you can just see it under a pant leg when they sit down. So we find that's a lot of the draw and the popularity. Plus, I don't know, people just really like fun socks. It's just a really easy way to, you know, to, to brighten up an outfit or your day. It's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, can you tell about your uh, uh, growth? I mean, like, uh, do you have special plans to grow, to uh, become a big brand, big company, or you are happy with what you have? Uh, and because, uh, you know, I spoke with a few big companies, uh, by the way, they are small companies, but have a hundred million revenue, you know, so they can uh, grow without having a huge team. Can you tell your plans for the future? Uh, do you have some special plans or it's okay what you have right now? Yeah, no, no, I definitely want to grow. We are definitely in that scaling phase. And um, I mean, ideally, what we're finding is a, is a great market for us is to be in brand stores of corporations. And so ideally, we want to be everybody's sock provider in every brand store in the world. Um, and then we are, I'm pursuing the retail route as well. If we can start to get some of our socks and some of the retail, that would really grow our company as well. So it, it is a goal. Um, I just hired um, another staff that we, a year ago, it was me and a bunch of contractors. And um, I just hired my fourth employee this week. And so we are, you know, we're, I don't know where we're going to be a year from now. I, I have to plan. I plan like six months in advance based on the opportunities that come in and where I see us going, but I intend to continue to grow and, um, and hope we can grow that brand store presence. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, I'm interested about marketing. Can you tell marketing methods you mentioned about conferences so you can visit conferences mm -hmm. to get clients, but do you use any other marketing to get more customers? I do. Yeah. I, my, for me, my biggest revenue generator is SEO. I've mm -hmm. invested in, I started with a bad SEO firm. And, and so I learned a lot, actually. I mean, mistake learned the hard way, but I learned a lot about, and so the next one I hired, it was a great SEO firm. And so we get, because of our SEO and, and continuing to build our keywords, you know, we get a, you know, a large majority of our revenue of people coming to us um, you know, through the website. And that's huge because they're already warm. You know, we're not picking up the phone and cold calling basis, like old days, cold calling. Right. But we're not cold emailing or reaching out. So that's a huge piece. So I, I highly, highly recommend investing in SEO. It's a long-term investment, not short to not like ads, but, um, I'm not a fan personally, sorry, Google, but I'm not a fan of Google ads because I feel like it's David versus Goliath. I can't pay the money to keep up with the large companies in my space. And so, SEO is just a way to make sure that my website shows up underneath the sponsored and, you know, is one of the first ones there and try to compete that mm -hmm. way. Well, awesome. You know, you, you remind me my bad experience because I started my SEO with uh, three bad companies you know, and I wasted like two years with them. Uh, but I, 
you know, that was a good experience to learn how it works. <laughs> because I got these bad reports and uh, I didn't understand how to learn them. So I started to learn more to understand and then I got it. I don't need any companies, <laughs> freelancers. Uh, of course, I wasted some money, but it's expensive lesson. And at that time, I didn't know how to learn it. And that was in 2008. To, uh, tell uh, about your uh, existing company that can help you to get this traffic. Uh, how you create this uh, content ideas for SEO? Do you read blog posts? Uh, any other tips how you get this traffic that convert your customers? Yeah, um, at least we actually a big piece of our marketing is actually telling customer stories because it highlights our customers, which is a great thing. It shows off our work, which is a great thing. And then it gives other people ideas of like, oh, I never thought about doing a sock for this or, or that type of thing. And so that's, and I think it's an important piece to just, it's fun for us to brag about how are, you know, our customers and, and share that. So that's a big piece. I think another big piece with marketing is, is showing up and being consistent. You know, people should, it shouldn't surprise them to see you once every three months. I think it's, it's really important to establish a presence and then um, show up consistently. But also when you do show up, it's not just about, numbers, right? It's about quality and adding value. Like what value are you adding to the person reading this or watching this? And and I that's something we do really, really try to do with every single post or piece of information we put out there is we are trying to add value to the people that are interacting with us and and you know not just bragging about ourselves or or whatever it could be. Great. Awesome. And can you Tell who write this blog post. Uh, do you have copywriter or you write yourself or this team can write for you? Um, it's a combination of both. I have a social mm -hmm. media manager. And so um, she and I, there are things I write and there are things she write. She writes. And um, so, yeah, we're a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Got it. Uh, can you tell about AI? Today, it's hard to ignore this topic. I think uh, impossible tomorrow, but that was simple to ignore. And I spoke with Jeff Coyle co-founder of Market Muse, and he told me that in the future we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI, the second implement, and the third company will be obsolete, who can leave the trade. Can you tell your methods, how you implement AI, do you use for writing text or uh, for SOX production? <laughs> Um, there's not the sock production itself is a physical act. And so we're not, you know, it's the AI doesn't really come into, into that piece of actually making them definitely use it for, um, um, for marketing, for writing content for sure. And I'm, I actually really like talking to chat GPT cause I'm like, do this, no, do this, make it, <laughs> you know, make it smarter, make it more entertaining. And boy, it has helped me. And what it helps too, is not only does it, is it creating something that's better than I could write, but it's creating it so quickly. Like you, we get so much time back. And so I've used it. Uh, I had to write a pitch that was under 60 seconds and I knew I needed to shave off five seconds. So I took a paragraph that I knew need could be, uh, could be shortened. And I put it, plopped it in chat GPT and said, you know, make this more succinct. And it came back and then my pitch was under 60 seconds. And so, you know, it's, it's, we, we definitely are starting to implement it more and more. And, um, you know, and I'm going to be looking because it's been so useful where we have implemented. I'm definitely trying to look at other places in the business where we can use it for efficiency. And that's that I think for us, that's the next step. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, what about link building? Do you use link building or this company that can help you with SEO? Uh, this company, I don't know, build links for your website or not? 
They do build, yeah, my SEO um, um, provider does build, uh, mm -hmm. build out web pages for me, for sure. And then we we load it with some keywords and more, more importantly, content and quality information. So yes, yeah, we constantly are building out pages and, and, and refreshing pages as well. I think it's important not to have the same things up there for seven years. It's it's important to go back and revisit it and check your look at your keyword report and see what new ones are are you know are trending and and implement those onto your website so people so you'll come up sooner in searches got it yeah thank you thank you lisa i want to ask about mistakes in okay. my life i made a lot of mistakes some of them are so terrible some of them slight mistakes but i keep doing them you know i don't know how to go ahead without doing mistakes because if i start something new I learned from best practices, generic strategies, and I failed all the time. I failed when I, I remember when I started PR, um, I wrote a bunch of press releases. I pitched all of them and I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. But I learned how it works. I had experts who can write great press releases. Uh, I found the way how to pitch them and we got mentions on CNN, uh, Bloomberg, Dow Jones, uh, many great websites, Forbes, uh, because of knowing the process. Can you list mistakes that you made, but people can avoid, especially women? For example, you know that you can uh, learn before making these mistakes, uh, because some mistakes we need to do, you can't avoid, but some mistakes you can avoid. So any tips about that? <laughs> Gosh, I mean, if I could have avoided all the mistakes I made, I would have. So I'm, I'm not sure how many tips I can give. It's funny, too, because my kids, like, we we tell them, you know, we tell them what to do to avoid the mistakes. But you watch it in the development of every person is you have to make the mistake yourself to learn your lesson. So unfortunately, it's just going to be a part of it, right? It's the only way we're going to learn. You have to try, especially if you're convinced that you have the right answer. You got to try whether, you, you know, it ends up being a mistake. You're the only one who can figure that out. Um, you know, recently... I, I took a chance and started a new product line. We started a subscription box last December and, you know, the research was there for subscriptions and, and, you know, and, and, but what happened was the market is really saturated. And so it just never took off. And so we had to cut our losses in August and we had subscribers, but just it, we could see, I could, I could forecast that it just wasn't going to grow to a spot. And so um, we ended up converting it into a sock shop instead, where people can now just buy one pair instead of having to do this monthly thing. And we're already seeing more success with the sock shop than we did with the subscription. So we're really optimistic with that. And so sometimes making that mistake isn't bad because had I not made the mistake with trying the subscription, we would have never ended up with the sock shop. And now we have this e-commerce piece. So we have the the wholesale custom piece. And now we have this e-commerce piece and we're planning Black Friday deals and holiday bundles and all this really fun stuff that will be the first time we've ever offered it. So sometimes mistakes aren't bad. I, I you know, I try to avoid catastrophic mistakes, you know, that are gonna, that are, that cost so much money. You know, those, the, the, I, I, that would be like, just try to avoid the, the ones that are yeah. catastrophic, but the yeah. little ones are okay. Or mitigate, try to mitigate the damage it can do, right? Like, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm, it's a risky, it's a risk I'm going to take, but I'm going to cut it off at this spot and, and stick to that. Yeah, I remember Mark Zuckerberg said about mistakes. If you don't do mistakes, that means you're not creative enough. So you're not innovative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Bill Gates made a lot of mistakes, but they can do like thousand mistakes and... Uh, one great step 
that will lead in the right direction. <laughs> so, Lisa, I want to ask about your experience. Um, what I found, I usually get great results with customers who know what I do. So, if they know why we need to create high quality content, what kind of content to create, why we need to PR, link building. So, uh, we can go ahead to get good results. But if they don't, usually tell them, learn from my course, go to Google, go to YouTube, read books, just learn, get the basic. If you have the basic, we can go ahead, we can achieve great results. Uh, I have I have students in my network. I have people uh, who need to pay bills, but uh, hate their jobs. I spoke many times, people hate jobs, but need to pay bills to feed family, kids, and they can't just leave the hating job, you know, because of uh, having a dream. Uh, it's hard, but it's possible. So, Lisa, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day. You didn't make one song. Just you're going to do it. So, what will you do if you started from scratch? For what? For a business? Yeah, for business. What is my million dollar idea? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I, when I was trying to think of a business to start, I was really trying to think of something that I love to do, like most of us. And I love sports and I love kids and I love dogs. And so I had all these different ideas. And honestly, this was probably my fourth or fifth idea for a business that finally my, you know, when I would tell people nice. about, they're like, okay, this, this one makes sense. Your other one with like the dogs that didn't make a lot of sense. So um, I don't have any other ideas for a new company because I'm too busy with my own. Honestly, I'm sorry. I can't help. Can't have a better answer with that. But I'm too busy trying to sell socks that I, I can't even think about anything else. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I read one book about uh, that the biggest company like Walmart, Sony, Walt Disney started with mediocre ideas. Nothing special. <laughs> Just generic ideas. So, but it's up to you to move in a new direction if you mm -hmm. have don't chase great ideas uh, most companies fail with great ideas but you can start with generic idea but make it better than your competitors and get uh, i don't know almost anything and listen i have my final question about the future okay. i want to ask you take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be in the socks industry and in entrepreneurial journey because many things are coming i don't know augmented reality virtual reality so probably the world will be different that we know now so your prediction about the future i definitely think uh more sustainable options are going to need to be out there and, and my company already does make bamboo socks as a sustainable option but i think we're going to need to find a way to reduce what our waste, right? Reduce what we buy. And that's already a huge movement with the younger generations, younger than me, um, to, you know, to just not just go buy the $5 t-shirt. And, and I think socks are going to have a, have a part in that because you can technically only have seven or 10 pairs of socks and do the laundry, right? And you would be fine. And so um, I think sustainability is going to be a huge piece. Recycling is probably going to be a huge piece. Uh, it's interesting this year, the custom sock industry is expected to hit $60 billion. 60 billion for socks and custom socks, not like white athletic socks, just the custom, the fun ones with pizza on it. And so I think that's going to continue to grow. And, um, but I think, I, I think 
becoming, you know, eco conscious and, and really bringing that sustainability in is going to be a trend that we all need to do, um, you know, reducing our carbon footprint with delivery and, you know, all of those different things that the packaging, all of those different things where we can make an impact. Nice, nice. You unhided this number. I think more people will uh, produce socks after this podcast. <laughs> this <laughs> pretty hard. <laughs> so you will have new competitors. <laughs> Lisa, it's a big pleasure to have you on my show, to learn from you. I love it. So valuable, so interesting. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Sure, sure. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So I'm Lisa Riggs. Um, I'm known as the Sock Queen. Never something that I thought I'd be known of, but a lot of people know me as a Sock Queen. So if you forget my name, you can always search that. Um, our website is Spirit Socks USA. Socks is S-O-X. And I can be reached, my email is lisa at spiritsocksusa.com. So pretty simple to reach me. But the website has inquiry forms where you can hit a button and it'll go straight into us. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, you need to follow Lisa Riggs on LinkedIn because you can see a lot of valuable insights. If you forget, you can click the link in the description below. Please follow because I follow, personally follow because I know it's important for me to learn something new. You need to follow as well. And then you can become much better entrepreneur. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.